not happening. No masla wala tazla. It's a challenge, isn't it? See yani, what happens yani, in terms of. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barakatuh. Al-Nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'alta wa sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Right folks, hope everybody is good. Today the subject is... I wanted to complete a full subject. People have been asking about this for the last uh, few weeks, maybe even a few months. And um, uh, this is an entire, this is a detailed look at a controversial issue, which is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ about the prayer being broken by the black dog, by the donkey, and by the woman. And of course, the controversy that was, has been caused or the controversy. text of Zad al-Mustaqni' which is when Shazad wakes up it is وَتَبْطُلُ بِمُرُورِ كَلْبٍ أَسْوَدَ بَهِيمٍ فَقَدْ وَلَهُ التَّعَوْذُ عِنْدَ آيَةِ وَعِيدٍ وَالسُؤَالُ عِنْدَ آيَةِ رَحْمَةٍ وَلَوْ فِي فَرْضٍ so what we did yeah what we did last week was to say um, it is a sunnah to pray towards an upright sutra the size of a saddle but if you can't find anything solid then he uses a line and then as a continuation the prayer is only invalidated by being crossed by a jet black dog okay the prayer is only invalidated by being crossed by a jet black dog He's allowed to seek refuge during verses of punishment and ask during verses of mercy, even in the obligatory prayers. I don't think we'll, we'll do that, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. It depends how many questions people have, because it is a, a very interesting subject, right? So, that's the sentence. The prayer is only invalidated by being crossed by a jet black dog. Now, in the uh, commentary, that is page 281. What yeah, yeah, and he, this word me is the present verb form of the word batal, yeah, which means to uh, to uh, fail or to in, in become invalidated, to become corrupted. All right, corrupt is not the right word. Yafsud, yeah, is corrupted. Yeah, and in fiqh, in usul rather, there's a difference between something which is batal and something which is fasid. Uh, some of the fuqaha they basically yeah, and he put forward the idea that if something is fasid, it is corrupted but still valid. And if something is batil, then it is completely invalidated. There's absolutely no basis for it. it. Like It can't survive. So this is some of the scholars. They like to differentiate between these two legal terms. Um, here, the intention is batil, meaning completely invalidated. right? And not only completely invalidated... You need to know that there are two types of things that can be invalidated. It can be invalidated before it starts and it can be invalidated after an action. Uh, no, if it's, in, if it's before it starts and it's invalid, right? Yeah, that act is invalid because it's just not going to start, right? Like if you start prayer without it, it, Yeah, uh, well, the reason we wouldn't say 
uh, uh, the prayer without wudu, even though of course that's correct, is because wudu is seen as a condition of the prayer. Yani beforehand, like praying towards Qibla, like wearing clothes, like whatever. So it is seen as a condition. However, what we're talking about invalidation is something which is literally happening within the actual kind of act itself. At the very earliest possibility is not, for example, saying Allahu Akbar, the takbir al-ihram or tahrima. This means you didn't even enter in the first place. So if you didn't do it, you can do the whole thing, but you never actually did anything. So the whole act was invalid. However, if you were to break wudu in the prayer, you have invalidated your action. So it started, it was fine, and then it cancelled. So there are two types that are being referred to. In, uh, uh, there are two concepts of butlan, yani two concepts of invalidation. So here... This is obviously referring to the second type, where an act has started, an act is ongoing, and then suddenly, bam, something happens, and the act is now invalidated. All right? So just that you are uh, understanding that. Bimururi kelbin. Okay? By the passing of a dog. This means, murur means passing. So whether it passes from the right to left or left to right, it needs to pass by. All right? And cross. Yeah, cross. Right, cross, and that does not mean a dog in front of you. It does not mean a dog, for example, that you know is looking that way, or it turns around and looks at you, or it turns around and it sits up if it's lying down. <laughs> All of these means nothing. The thing which breaks the prayer, according to the Hanbalis, is the crossing of the dog itself. And what kind of dog? Aswet, okay, black, not red, not white, not any color other than. Black, Bahim. Now, Bahim is an interesting word. Bahim, I've translated it as jet black because in our culture, when we use jet black, we all know what it means in English, right? And but actually, Bahim means pure, right? Bahim means something like really, like pure, like uh, not pure, not pure in terms of clean, but pure in terms of the the what's the what they call it, the emphasis? Uh, what do they call those words? You know, that's pure hot, that is. That's pure nice, that is. What, what do they call that? No, what's the, the, the genre of words, Annie, when you use it? Huh? No, it's not slang. Uh, what's it called again? Not the em uh, emphasizing words. What are they called, man? Glamorizing. No. I can't believe it, man. What's the, gra the grammar phrase <laughs> for emphasizing? Superlatives. It's not a superlative, is it? It's not a superlative. No. When I say something is pure black, it's not pure, is it? It's just completely black. So pure is being used for emphasis, not for its literal meaning. So this is called an intensifier, yeah? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's an intensifier. Correct. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. So, so uh, Bahim is like an intensifier, right? Pure, absolutely pure. Um, yani in Arabic, khalis la yukhalut sauda loun akhri. Yani it is pure, pure. Khalis means absolutely, completely black, no other color mixing uh, it whatsoever. Um, the Aisha radiallahu anha in the famous hadith narrated by Bukhari. She said, You know the famous hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said that you will be gathered on the day of judgment um, 
حفاتا يعني بافوتد عراتا نيكد and غرله uncircumcised all right this is the famous hadith of the resurrection the bath and the uh, and the prophet sallallahu said that and aisha of course said naked how is that going to be what's going what's going to happen they were all naked and everything and the prophet sallallahu said the people will be too busy and you know too stressed out to be thinking about or even noticing the nakedness barefootedness uncircumcised nature now there's a there's a version of this hadith in which aisha says sorry uh, uh, there's a version of this hadith which is narrated by Imam Ahmed, um, volume 3, four, th- uh, 495. Uh, the narrator is Abdullah ibn Unais, and he said, Buhma. Yani hufatan uratan ghurlan buhma. Buhma here is used as an intensifier of the that you got nothing. That you've got absolutely nothing with you. So it doesn't mean pure color. It's not a color, it's not being used in a color form here because everybody's of different colors. Yeah. So it's actually used as an intensifier to show that you have nothing with you. Actually, when you think about these three words, they're trying to strip you. That the concept is that you have nothing, no help, no support, no way to uh, make yourself beautiful, no way to you know defend yourself. So you have no shoes, you have no clothes, you have no beautifications, you have no health additions, your cosmetics you added, circumcision is seen like yani, a cosmetic also, it's one of health. Yani, there is a, uh, it's a, an improvement on the health of a person. So all of this, like you are completely raw, that's the word I'm looking for, raw. Yeah? And to emphasize the rawness, that there's no artificialness, there's nothing with you, buhma is the word which has been used. So again, it's an intensifier to focus on purity, yani, uh, specificity, yani completeness. Um, so, some of the, however, some of the scholars did say that يعني, if a dog, a dog يعني, even though the word Bahim is being used here, they said that it doesn't mean that it has to completely, completely be entirely black. Some of the scholars said if it has a couple of spots, you know, sometimes you do find a few marks on the black dogs. So specifically he said, some of the scholars said, if it's got the two white spots above its eyes, yeah, then, uh, and I mean, I'm not an expert on dogs in it by any sense, I don't know whether that's a specific area, whether it does have it on the chest or on the, the, the thingy. Normally on this part, yeah? Yeah. So, um, so Allah, Allah knows best. The point is, is that it's very clear to know a jet black dog Versus a dog which is black and white, or yani, you know, kind of grey or brown or something dark. Yes. Yeah. So some of the scholars said that the fact that it has a, blo- a, a, a mark, odd one here and there, does not uh, negate its blackness, or it being completely black, or that category. So that's an important one. Fakat, right? The Arabic, the Arabic is fakat, that. Only this particular creation is what will break or invalidate the prayer. Yaqta, yeah? Okay, it's going to come the next line. So here is the point of discussion. This is what we need to start speaking about. Why is it that only a dog, only this particular dog, uh, and, and, and yani only this particular whatever, when 
the hadith obviously is a lot yani, deeper. All right, let's read what Sheikh uh, Uthameen says. Faqat, by the way, for those who study Arabic, is the fa is a za'ida. Qat yani, is, comes from yani, enough, stop. That's it. Fa, qat. Fa, yani, then stop. Then enough, almost. Yeah. Uh, but um, in the Arabic language, sometimes when you have two complete separate words in this, all right, they are sometimes combined for ease. And then they are given a, 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 what's called an i'rab. And this is always yani, mu'arrab with a sukun. So you can't get faqata or faqati or whatever. It's faqat. Yeah? Um, so that means only. Only. Right. Sheikh says, uh, why only the black dog? Two reasons. The first, because it's not yani, the same for a red dog or a white dog or other dogs like that. Because the Prophet ﷺ was asked, as narrated by Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, uh, Abu Dhar actually asked, he said, ما بالك الأسود؟ يعني من الكلب الأحمر من الكلب الأصفر يعني what did the black dog do? Why not the white dog? Why not the yellow dog? Yeah? Uh, or golden dog, I guess. Yeah? Asfar is, is yellow, but I don't think dogs come yellow, so I guess golden, yeah? Uh, الأسود شيطان this is the famous hadith. The Prophet said, huh, the black dog is, 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 is a devil. Okay? Is a devil. It's very important to get that right. It's a devil, shaitan, in the singular. Yeah? Or in the indefinite, I beg your pardon. So the idea is, is that straight away we know that it is from the categories of shayateen. And we know that devils are from ins, humans. Shayateen al-ins wal-jinn. Okay? And we had we the, the, the normal one, the generic one, is, of course, is a subset of jinn. There used to be a small, tiny group of scholars that used to argue that it's from the angels. Of course, it's not. They are a subset of the jinn. And then, likewise, you have shayateen that fall into the other categories from animals as well. And from the animals, we have some which are, yeah, any proper shayateen, like a black dog, for wisdom that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Maybe they're scarier, maybe they're whatever, I don't know. In fact, nobody knows. They're just giving wisdoms. And then you have other animals which are predisposed or connected to shayateen. What do we know about those? Hmm? Snakes. I don't know of a specific hadith which links them to shayateen, certainly to the jinn. Right? The hadith is clear about the, the snake being a form of jinn. And uh, that's why uh, it is a sunnah to warn a snake. Even yeah, you may think that that's you know, weird, but you should warn a snake in the house to give an opportunity to leave because the jinn, they take up the form of the snake regularly. And so therefore, if it's in a house, you are legitimately allowed to defend your house and kill a snake. Right? And it should know not to be going into the areas of humans. We have the right to protect ourselves from something dangerous. At the same time, it's a, like an adab or an etiquette. And the scholars, yeah, they differ over this obligatory or not, and this is out of the subject now, but whether you need to warn it, but it's good to do that, yeah? So, yeah, I, I, you know, snake can be any in a roundabout way linked to shayateen, but more to the jinn. Something be more obvious? Anyone know? That's right, Hamza, camels, right? So we know that the uh, camel itself, it has a shaytana. It has like the essence of the shaytan, a devilish essence, right? Um, and there are a number of hadith which describe that. And this is, of course, the main reason why uh, actually, all the scholars accepted that the reason you make wudu after eating camel meat is because of the heat, and that heat is yani, devilish in nature. 
And then the vast majority of scholars, as I said, they said that hadith was abrogated. And the Hanabila, the Hanbali school, they said, no, this hadith has no evidence to be abrogated and it must continue. It must continue. Yeah. Um, I, we only have one. We only have one very strong Hanbali in this room right now who believes in. <laughs> He's shaking his head. He's shaking at me. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Why can't I do it? Why? In fact, Islam, I put forward that I put forward that I must do it. In actual fact, I think it's my duty. It's my religious duty to tell you this story. If I haven't told you before. Have I, has it been done already? Anyway, Islam Umani, who is a noble man. <laughs> a noble man and a loyal follower of the Hanbali school. He doesn't mess about. He doesn't like you know, going anywhere like that like we do. He's like Hanbali Qat. And we went out yani, in Medina and we had great camel burgers. And after we had our camel burgers, I told them you don't need to make wudu and it's all good. And then we all came back to the masjid and we all went in to pray and the prayer time comes. And then Islam Umani Sahib, he remembers that he believes that the camel breaks wudu. But he has, mashallah, got himself into the rawda. So, I turn around to see without doubt, still, still, and this, these are eyes that have seen many things in their life, like many things, but still right there at number one as the most bagal, ajib, crazy things I will ever see in my life is Islam telling my guy, Yani essay, to pour the water in the rawda making wudu, yeah? Because he had no way of getting out or time of getting out or any opportunity to get out. So he goes, I'm going to do it right here. And he goes, and I grabbed the essay and his, uh, the bottle. I go, what the heck are you doing? Are you pagaliwa? <laughs> In the roda, on the carpet, on the everything. And Islam's uh, answer, he goes, I'm not going to spill any water. I'm not going to spill any water. I said, are you a wali, yani, that you're not going to, are you a saint of the saints that you're not going to... I'm telling you, there are people out there literally getting these drops <laughs> off him. So I go, why? What's happened? I go, did you not know? He goes, no, no. He goes, I have wudu. I haven't been in the bathroom or anything like that, but I had the camel burgers. I said, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's what you said. In fact, that's what you said. He said to me, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. He goes to me, that's what you said. I said, that's what I said. <laughs> I said, I'm the one who says that he doesn't break a wudu. Not that he breaks wudu. And then alhamdulillah, because he's a good man, he goes, okay, then that's fine. If that's the first part, that's the first part. And he carried on. But these eyes are damaged for life. Like I said, when you see someone about to smack out a wudu in the road, the road is madness anyway. And I'm not talking Umrah season, Hajj season, bro. There were tens of thousands of people, absolutely. And my guy's knocking out. And you know his boys, you got to rate them. They made a circle around him, holding man's off, to allow Lala to make wudu because he thinks that he ate camel. <laughs> My God. You know, if you weren't there looking at me, I would never remember that. But as soon as I said that, I looked that way, I see you. I said, Allah Akbar. I said in my soul, by the way, you literally damaged my soul. Not even touched it. You, you damaged it. Anyway, Maharal. So the camel. Any other uh, animal? The other animal is the donkey, 
but not because of necessarily its nature. It's not very clear about its nature. Obviously, it's a very, quite a violent animal. It can really give you a good proper kick. Yeah, and it has a, has a temper to it. But actually, because the Prophet ﷺ said that when you hear the donkey bray, you should make your sti'ada ta'awud. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajim. Why? Why? Because it's seen the shaitan. Correct. Yep. And it's seen. So, yani, uh, that's a tenuous link to the shaitan. So, I don't, I can't remember anything authentic with the dogs. But I haven't got the confidence to deny it. Yeah, yeah, you know. We used to get told sick things about dogs. Tell me that you got to got taught about Sumun Bukum Romin from You're kidding me. You are kidding me. What kind of pack are you, man? <laughs> we were told that any dog comes at you, stand your ground, say Summun Bukmun Umyun for Humlaya Akilun, and the dog will not touch you. I'll tell you right now, we said that every time we go into the park. And I'll tell you one time we was in the park and a dog came for us here yeah? and it came at me one time. And I just like Summun Bukmun and it one time at my leg yada bit my leg yada. Failed me yada. The eye have failed me, man. I was, what's happening here? Then I had a crisis of faith, in it. <laughs> oh, no, sugar. Go on. Oh, right. The eye wasn't meant to protect me in the first place. The ayah was not meant to be used like that in the first place. Yeah, maybe. You, saw, you mean it's always dinner, you mean, yeah? All right. The, he's not there. He's not believing in the ayah, yani. He's not. Not enough. Not enough. But I can definitely tell you that's true. Because I was, you know, you know I, was, I was mumbling and reciting and then increasing, 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 and it was coming at me. I said, this is not going to work here. So maybe you're right. My application of the ayah. By the way, there's not a single scholar that ever said that, by the way. But my mom and dad, yani, they're important scholars in their own way. What's it, my mom and dad? It must have been either. I mean, there was no one else who ever told me that. No one else had that. No packs, no one. Who? Kit, who? Kitmil. <laughs> what language is that? Kitmir. Kitmil. Is that Bengali? What language is that I'm saying? I don't even know what it means. Kitmil. Lala? Kitmil? What does it mean? What does Kitmil mean? <laughs> At least as Patans use Quran, what are you, any hocus pocus, are you not using? <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. So, um, so that's the first thing, yeah? Uh, and so the fact that the dog itself is a shaitan is not something yani, uh, strange. And for every uh, prophet, we have made pro uh, uh, enemies, shayateen from the humans and from the jinn, and by extension, the animals as well. Um, so this is why he said, for, yeah, sorry. Yeah.
Are they? So, I mean, first of all, the, the, first of all, the, the concept of the guide dog is not that it's allowed, but it has been the animal that's been trained in the absence of others to do the service. So I think that's a more accurate kind of uh, description. If because of the blind people, they complain all the time. The taxi driver sees them with the dog in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the the idea of the dog being trained and so on is something that you said, which is permissible. The scholars have agreed on that. Um, the training of the dog, actually, it, it was never traditionally. This is what I meant. I know you're you're right in saying that you know it's hardly going to be a cat that's going to be trained, but <laughs> but what I mean is that when uh, 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 there was no such thing as a guide dog. It was a trained dog, and the trained dog was to hunt and nothing else. Then it became a guard dog, and then it's the, so it started to come after. So this is not Islamic in its principle. And when people then weren't around and the family structure fell down, so I, I, I do want you to understand that there was never and should never be a need for a guide dog. That is what is the service of family and people. They're meant to do that for them. Now that it's there and it can be done. The scholars allowed it because time has changed and all the rest of it, family's not around, blah, blah, blah. It's type of dog, all right? If you're basically saying that what if the guide dog that you've been given is a black dog? Well, in my opinion, if uh, uh, it should be avoided, there's no doubt about that because the black dog itself is a problem um, intrinsically before it becomes a guide dog or not. But... More importantly, it will cause more issues for the user than the a normal golden retriever or whatever it normally is, right? Um, now, you see, the problem with this, it goes back to a couple of lessons ago. How much do we push the principle of just accepting the text and how much do we try to rationalize the text? Yeah, and the truth is, is that you know, we can tell each other everything that we want, but if you've got a black dog which is so trained that it's as good and domiciled as any other dog, you're never going to accept it as a shaitan or an X or a Y. You're just going to assume that this is the great dog and the great job that it does. Uh, I don't think it's inherently pr prohibited, okay? I don't think it's inherently if there's a need for it. Like, for, I, for example, for example, there is nothing in the books of the fuqaha as far as I know that prohibits a black dog being used for hunting. And uh, I want you to know that also the shayateen themselves, and this is one of the evidences I'm going to use in my position at the end of this issue, is that the shayateen are around us all the time. All right? And uh, so it's not like, Yani, it is completely it's possible to completely remove shayateen from our lives. Um, so those are my thoughts. But definitely I prefer that not, not to happen. A person's got a choice, a person's got a whatever. I, yani, the point I want to really emphasize here, take the opportunity, is to understand that the guide dog is not the Islamic solution. It's human beings that are in service of that person, right? Now, people might say this is very idealistic. Well, you know what? It only seems idealistic because we've let it go so far out. There would be no need for that. Now, in terms of hunting and so on, all right, there isn't, you do need that when you're in the, in the jungle or in the rough. 
Uh, but to answer your question, I, th I think it's permissible if there is no other alternative for someone to use a black guide dog. I don't think it's haram. Allah knows best. Now, the question, yeah, Hamza. Uh, dog cross with a blind guy, you can't see it anyway. Yeah, I don't think, I d yeah, I don't but think. If somebody tells him afterwards, you have to repray it. Yeah, and you mean if a blind person got cut by his dog? Yeah, so he's praying. Dog goes in front, he can't see it, he's blind. Somebody afterwards tells him, oh, he prays and... Well, you, this, this, question, this question will only make sense if you ask it at the end. Yeah, so make sure you do. Yeah. Um, the, so, the, so there's two things, right, we're talking about. Why did the author say faqat? Yani only, black dog only. Two reasons. One, to remove other colored dogs. Two, to remove the two remaining creatures, yeah, human and donkey, from the actual hadith. They're, they are making a statement about that hadith. They're saying that does not apply to the other two, right? So let's investigate that. Um, the Hanbali uh, school, this is its official position and always has been, that the only thing that breaks a prayer and it breaks it, okay, as in proper breaks it, is a black dog, okay? And that is when it goes uh, across. Anything else that cr crosses you, does not break the prayer. So, in summary, the Hanbali position, four conditions for something to break your prayer. Number one, it has to cross. Number two, it has to be a dog. Number three, it has to be black. Number four, it has to be jet black. It has to be pure. Yani, you know, completely dominated in that. If there are any of these four conditions missing, if it's a red dog, if it's a, an animal, if it's a kid, if it's whatever, then, then it doesn't break the prayer. That's the Hanbali position. But if it is these four conditions, the prayer is broken, invalidated, and you have to start praying again. What is the evidence for this, that the black dog breaks the prayer? The hadith of Abu Dhar, radiallahu anhu, that he said that the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, إِذَا قَامَ أَحَدُكُمْ يُصَلِّي فَإِنَّهُ, فإنه يَسْتُرُهُ إِذَا كَانَ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ مِثْلُ آخِرَةِ الرَّحَلِ If one of you stands to pray, then... He will be protected if he takes between him, in front of him, something like a saddle. He will be protected. He would have sitar. He will have the sutra if he has in front of him a saddle. And if there is not something that he can find that is between him and this saddle, something to act as a sutra, فَإِنَّهُ يَقْضَعُ صَلَاتُهُ الْحِمَارُ وَالْمَرْأَةُ وَالْكَلْبُ الْأَسْوَدُ This is the hadith which is narrated uh, by, uh, let me just give you the exact reference. This is the hadith which is narrated by uh, Bukhari, hadith number 6527. Okay, no, no, that's not right, beg your pardon. Sorry, completely delete that. It's narrated by Imam Muslim. Um, hadith number 515 Okay, 500 and oh, My mind's gone, 510 Okay, hadith narrated by Muslim 510 So This hadith obviously is very clear um, There are other versions of this hadith That speak about many things Cutting it uh, Others yani, restricting it just to the black dog Others, Yani, saying that it is a cat and a donkey and a dog. 
other narrations that say nothing cuts the prayer. So this is a, quite a controversial one. However, this hadith reigns king. It's in Sahih Muslim. It is a indisputably authentic hadith, like the sun. Its chain is perfect. It is an authentic narration. It's basically saying every Muslim should pray uh, towards a sutra that's in between them that allows them to create a zone. But regardless of whether you have a sutra or not, or whether, you know, regardless if you have the sutra or you don't have a sutra, if three things cross you, then your prayer, yaqta, your prayer is cut. Donkey, black dog, and a female, wal mar'a, the woman, okay? That's the hadith. That's why the Hanbalis have basically said that it is this black dog. They, you'll say, why is it then they didn't mention the other two? The Hanbalis said that the other two are not in the same category, that the black dog itself is the only one which is in, in essence pure shaitan, etc, etc, etc. Okay, let's continue to develop this discussion. First of all, let's look at the word yaqta, right, in this hadith, that it cuts. Now, obviously, the majority or uh, I can say the Hanbalis, they took yaqta as yabtul, meaning invalidate. Yani cut. Yani qata'atu silk. Right? In Arabic you say, I cut the wire or I cut the rope. When you cut the rope, you don't uh, incise it. Yeah? You cut it into two parts. Yani fasaltu ba'aduhu an ba'ad. Yani I have separated yani one part from the uh, other. فَإِذَا مَرَّ مَنْ يَقْطَعَ الصَّلَاةِ لَمْ يَكُنْ أَنْ يُبْنِي آخِرَهَا لَأَوْلِهَا يعني It is when someone يعني, passes by through it, it's يعني, completely in two pieces. So this is the, the evidence, and this evidence, Sheikh Uthameen says, for me, indicates that, uh, that actually all three, all three of these categories completely cut the prayer. So this is Sheikh Uthameen's opinion. He differs with the Hanbali position. And there are a number of modern-day scholars, okay, and some scholars historically that have been on this position, but they are the minority. They are saying that all three cut the prayer completely. Cut it. Prayer has got to be started again. Prayer has been invalidated. And all three. The humbly say the prayer is cut, but only the black dog. And it has to be started again. The other two, then the prayer is not cut. The prayer is not cut. Okay? Now... I want to now just have a look at some of the evidences and why they go and so on and so forth, okay? Amul Himar fakhassasuhu bi hadith ibn Abbas hina ja'a wa nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yusalli bin nas bi mina You might say, why is it that the Hanbalis didn't yani, include the donkey and the woman, yeah? The first reason they didn't include the, the donkey is because of the hadith we mentioned last week. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he came when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Mina and he was on his donkey. If you remember, we spoke about this last week. And he said that it goes and it went through the lines. And then he, and no one, and then he, he got up and he prayed, and no one said anything to him after that. Yeah? So this is why the humbly said the donkeys clearly didn't break the prayer, therefore not uh, involved. They also said that if this is not good enough for you, okay, then uh, actually this action of the Prophet of this, uh, 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 if you're at Mina, what does that mean you're doing? Hajj, how many Hajjs did the Prophet do? One, when did it happen? The year before he passed away, yeah? 
So anything, I want you to remember in fiqh, that anything that happens in the Hajj of the Prophet ﷺ is already a very strong candidate to be an abrogator. Meaning that that's the latest of the hadith. So their argument was, this hadith in the original sense about the three, that was an early hadith. But the fact that Ibn Abbas went on his donkey at the end, clearly, yani abrogates. Those are the two arguments of the... Um, uh, those are their two arguments. The response, what these Hanbalis uh, or, or, or Sheikh Uthameen says, the first one, the argument that it is nasikh, that it is an abrogator, is a weak one because the conditions have not been fulfilled. What are the conditions? The conditions is that you've got to put a time date on the hadith of the three. The woman, the donkey and the thing. If you can't, you can, okay, we've got a time date on the other one. But if you don't have a time or a date on the other one, how do you know with confidence that within the whole next half year or whatever it is, that it didn't actually happen after it. In actual fact, the three is the abrogator. So this argument for abrogating is kicked out immediately. The second, that the act of Ibn Abbas on the donkey, what did actually happen? Who remembers last week's lesson? Who remembers the detail from last week's lesson of this hadith? And we used it to establish a point. Did not go right up against the wall? No. Went between the lines. It didn't go in front of the Imam. Correct. So what this hadith actually proves is nothing. We know that this hadith proves that it's allowed to go amongst the lines of the jama'ah and, it, and the hadith proves that the prayer goes on. The hadith proves the only way you cut the prayer is if it cuts the Imam's yani, prayer zone. But if it cuts the rest of the prayer zones, then it doesn't impact. That's what the hadith proves. So in actual fact, this Exception, taking the himar out has no evidence. All right? That's the, the first point. The second is the woman. Right? How have they removed the woman from breaking the prayer? All right? The first evidence is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha when she was told that the woman cuts the prayer. And of course, as we know, very famously as narrated in Bukhari, she became very angry. He said, You've made us into, you're comparing us to donkeys and dogs. Yeah. So first she's angry, right? And says, you've made us like, you know, are you kidding me? I used to lie in front of the Prophet whilst he used to pray at night time. Hadith Bukhari. Hadith number 519. Okay, so that's the, uh, the uh, first evidence. So basically her, the argument is, is that um, if a woman did break the prayer, then the Prophet ﷺ would not have continued with the prayer because it would have been broken. The response to this, of course, is that this is an incorrect uh, judgment by Aisha. There's no doubt about that because the, the hadith does not say someone cannot be in front. The hadith talking about murur, right? And we know that it's allowed to pray towards a woman because of this hadith, actually, right? We know that it's allowed to use a human being as a sutra, like I mentioned last week, because of this hadith. This hadith does not either way say to us that ah, it's not possible yani, that a crossed woman or someone who crosses you like this is a problem, yeah? So that's the, that's the response of those that responded to this uh, uh, point. In actual fact, the Prophet ﷺ in the other hadith said, Do not allow anyone to pass by you. 
So this she's not obviously passing by, she's just uh, sitting there. There's a big difference between passing and crossing and someone who is there. The second evidence is that uh, the Prophet ﷺ used to pray in the house of Umm Salama and Abdullah ibn Abi Salama and Umar or Umar ibn Abi Salama, one of the younger companions, uh, they would try to go past the Prophet ﷺ whilst he's praying. So he would stop them, the young boys. And then Zainab bint Abi Salama, their younger sister, she, she was very small. She came uh, and crossed the, 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 tried to cross the Prophet ﷺ. So he stopped her as well. But being small and whatever, she wriggled through and she basically escaped the victory. So as she runs past uh, the Prophet ﷺ, then he carries on praying. Okay. Uh, he finishes the prayer, then he turns around to everybody and he says, basically, you know, they always win. Yani, you know, women are stronger. Yeah, women are stronger than men. Women always win. The key point here is that he did not repeat the prayer. Response to this. This hadith is a very famous hadith. It's weak. All right. There is no, uh, there's, I don't want to say no doubt, but it's, it's Sanad has problems. It's chain has problems. Um, and therefore, it shouldn't be introduced as an evidence anyway. But as all scholars should do, Let's assume it is authentic. If the hadith is authentic, this is a young baby girl, not a woman. And the hadith mentions very clearly, mar'a. And this is yani, a tiny little girl. And we know then if this hadith was authentic and we're going to use it, then we learn a new lesson. That it's okay for children to cut a person in a prayer. As I've said before, wujudihi ka'adbihi. Their presence is like the absence. It's like they're not even there. Okay, when they're going around and about. And so that's yani, the response so therefore, Shaykh Uthameen, he says, So therefore, based upon this, the strongest opinion in this matter is that the prayer is invalidated by the passing or the crossing of the woman and a donkey and a black dog because of the establishment of the evidence from the Prophet um, And there is no basis for any other hadith to come and say that the opposite. And there is no basis for another hadith to say that it has abrogated this. There's no strength in that. The hadith are either weak. The hadith are either uh, not not, uh, 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 proof. Um, And it is obligatory to restart the prayer. I'm I'm, I'm quoting literally. Yeah, It is obligatory to restart the prayer. And it is not permissible to continue. And even if the prayer is a nafal prayer, because if someone yani, continues in an act of worship which has been corrupted, then this is from the major sins, because this is a, a, a istihza. This is a mocking of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know that you're doing something that's not real and you're carrying on. And I spoke to you about that before. If someone passes wind or realizes they don't have yani, wudu, they shouldn't be embarrassed by what people should think. It is completely haram to be there. And, you know, uh, people got to have the confidence. If you walk out of the prayer, it doesn't mean you pass wind. It means for the majority of people that sugar. I didn't make wudu after I went to the bathroom early on, etc., etc. So people have got to get that shayateen, uh, that uh, shaitani kind of whispering out, and they must go make their wudu, etc., etc. It's not allowed to pray when you're not actually fulfilling the conditions of the uh, uh, prayer. Uh, there's a qaida, a maxim for those that want to know from the scholars. Every contract which is corrupted, which is invalid, or and every condition which is invalid, and every act of worship which has become corrupted, it is 
impermissible to continue therein. Whether it's a contract, whether it's an act of worship, whether it's a condition, then you must stop. Okay, you must yani, pull out at that time. That's an important part. Obviously, we'll get there in 20 years' time. But when we do get there, you do need to know that in our contracts, if there is an invalid yani, condition, you can't just ignore it. It's not allowed to continue with an invalid condition, a haram condition. So, uh, that's why in the famous hadith of Aisha and her slave that she wanted to free, and uh, uh, which was Barira, uh, you know that when you pay, when you buy out a slave and give them their freedom, they come with something called wala, which is like yani, some benefits, associated benefits, especially inheritance and some protection and so on and so forth. And uh, they basically said, no, you don't get that. You buy her out, but you only get her, but we get to keep the rights. So the Prophet وسلم, obviously, he, uh, you know, he was very angry. He went onto the member and he criticized the people. He said, And what is with people that they are يعني, putting conditions that are not from the Book of Allah? So, you know, immediate يعني, uh, uh, shot down. So that is the discussion, or that's sorry, that's the position of the of Ibn Uthaymin, and that's the position of the scholars, and um, in terms of the Hanbalis, and in terms of Sheikh Uthaymin, you've seen the Hanbali position, which is only the one thing yani invalidates it. You saw the arguments. Frankly, they're weak. Okay, and Allah knows best. You got the position of many of the muhaqqiqeen of the mother of the Hanbalis. So this is also a Hanbali position which is that actually all three invalidate the prayer. And the interesting thing in these both two scenarios is that invalidation here means you've got to start again. Question, what is the class position? Question, what is the majority of the scholars' position? And can we give some kind of understanding behind this hadith? Because you can see that it, it's, it's not good optics, this hadith, right? It doesn't look good. So what's going on? What do we say? The majority of the scholars, the Malikiya, the Hanafiya, and the Shafi'iyya, and the majority of the Muhaqqiqeen, those Mujtahid scholars, like Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim, Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani, Imam Al-Shawkani, yani a number of these scholars, they argued uh, very strongly and clearly that this hadith is indisputable, that the hadith is all of them or nothing. So all three are the issue. All three. So that's the first point. Secondly, what they said is that it doesn't break the prayer. It cuts the prayer. Exactly as the Arabic said. يَقْطَعُ يَقْطَعُ الصَّلَةِ يعني, If you look at um, uh, in, when you use this word in Arabic language, قَطَعُ means to cut something. Sometimes it means بَتْرًا Yani completely, yani you know completely off. Uh, Allah says فَقَطَعُوا أَيْدِيَهُمَا Yeah, in Surah Al-Ma'idah فَقَطَعُوا أَيْدِيَهُمَا Cut off their hands. Context is clear, evidence from the Sunnah is clear. Someone who is involved in robbery, proper robbery, not pickpocketing, not this, that, proper robbery, then their hands are cut off. There's a consensus. فَقَطَعُوا that there's a consensus of all scholars of every madhab of no madhab that this means completely off not yani, you know harming or something like that it's a clear had punishment uh, however um, 
in other times uh, uh, in the uh, Quran or in Arabic language, cut means just to kind of, you know, to wound or to damage. Uh, right? Right? And so Yusuf, when the, the uh, uh, queen, well, she uh, uh, brings out Yusuf to cause that fitna and, you know, to uh, protect her name. You know, she's obviously hurting that everybody's calling me and, you know, man chaser, this, that, whatever, and blah, 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 unfaithful. But wait till I show you, you know, who this guy is. And it's going to blow your mind. And it literally did. When he, they, she brings out Yusuf, they cut their hands. Did they cut their hands off? No, they were holding, the whole point of the eye is that they were holding the knives, yani, whilst they were cutting the fruit. She gave it to all of them and they just like, you know, completely lost yani, the plot and they just kind of squeezed and they cut their hands. It didn't cut off. So you see two uses of the same word and that, that shows us that, number one, that qata in the Arabic language, in its essence, does not always mean cut off, number one. Number two, and, so, and, and therefore, as a result... And uh, because of the kind of, if you like, supplementary kind of evidences, uh, what are the supplementary evidences? I'll, I'll come to that in a second, actually. As a result, they said that what is cut means the khushur is cut, the quality is cut, the prayer is damaged. Just like if I cut into something, I damage it. Yeah? That is the essence here. You've damaged the prayer significantly. That's their, their position. That is also the class position as well. Okay? The position of the majority of scholars. All three. All three. No exception. No evidence for them any to be any, any exceptions that they, uh, they have a significant impact upon the quality of the prayer. And I'm going to discuss why. Yeah. So the consequence of that is not a legal consequence. It means a quality of the prayer. Not a legal consequence of having to repeat the prayer or start again. Yep. So this is what I want to discuss. Yani why is it? What's the basis for this? Not Queen yeah, Solange, you know who it was. Imra'at al-Aziz. Yani, what, what do you want to call her? Ishwal Imra'at al-Aziz. What is Imra'at al-Aziz? I called her Queen. I mean, what, what was she? Wife of the, wife of the thingy, of the Aziz. That's normally a Queen, isn't it? Every woman's a Queen, isn't it? MashaAllah, you know. Do I get any dinner out of that or not? Do I get me fresh dinner? Yep. Yeah. So, so, so that's that's now going to have to be the next question, right? Is this a hadith? And this is the problem of the of the how you interpret the hadith. If you try to get clever like what I'm going to now do, you create bigger problems, right? So let's actually investigate that. Um, uh, uh, what, are you not on the computer? Because I don't want to miss the questions that people... Anyway, let, I'll explain and then we can come back to the questions that are about this. So, throughout history, there's been a lot of discussion about how to actually understand this. Not just in a modern time. Just before, in case someone thinks that oh, it's only modern feminists that are making a problem. It's not. There is a real issue here. We need to understand what is it. The biggest issue is Aisha's natural reaction. You're not going to call her a feminist, right? Why did she react like that? And what have the scholars put forward? So, in actual fact, let's just deal with Aisha's reaction. Aisha's reaction is not a reaction to the hadith of the Prophet It's a reaction, according to the vast majority of scholars, to the 
a reasoning of the companions that we are basically the same. Do you understand? Right? If you read the hadith, right? Let's, look at, let me read the hadith again and listen to its. فَإِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ مِثْلُ آخِرَةِ الرَّحَلِ فَإِنَّهُ يَقْطَعُ, فإنه يقطع صَلَاتُهُ الْحِمَارُ وَالْمَرْأَةُ وَالْكَلْبُ الْأَسْوَدِ Just literally translated, then the prayer will be cut by a donkey, a woman, and a black dog. Now, I haven't spent enough time on this hadith to think of an example, right? In language, but a list does not a, a list that is separated by what we call wal ataf, the and of combining things, you know and, right, does not mean that the same characteristics or reasonings is used for the same three. Does that, does that make sense? Right? They yusharik yani fil hukam la yusharik fil sifat. Yani each three of them are common in that they invalidate the prayer. Each three of them are not common in anything else. Does that make sense? Now, how can I give an example? Who can, who can think of an example of that in the language? Of naming three things that is clear when you read them that they don't, that they are grouped together for one reason, but they are very different in of themselves and no one is trying to kind of think that they're the same thing. Huh? Say that again, what, by a bike? Yeah. A horse, a bike, and a plane. So how did you travel? Or how can I travel? You can travel by horse, by bike, or a plane. So it's clear that the commonality is that they will get you from here to there. And no one at one point yani, thinks that they're the same thing. No one yani, looks down on one or the three. You get what I'm trying to say? So that's the first point. They said that yani, the hadith in of itself is not the problem. The actual trying to make out that the same characteristics are the same in each three. So the essence of the dog and the essence of the woman and the essence... You get what I'm trying to say? So that's the first thing. So we've got to first of all get our eyes, uh, get our, 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 our thinking out that they are to be treated the same. So then we have to ask the question, why are they there in the list then? What is the actual reason? Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, when he uh, 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 had a go at this, he said, and he's brave in doing this because you, know, you, 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 do, you, you do take the easy route, which is to say, I don't know. And if you say, I don't know, there is some wisdom there we don't know, then you don't have a problem with the man one. Yeah? Then it wouldn't matter for a uh, yani. It would be the get-out clause. A woman would cut the prayer for a woman. A man wouldn't, etc., etc. So if a woman is praying, right, and a woman cuts, cuts her prayer, it cuts her prayer. And a man wouldn't. And a dog and a donkey would for the woman. And it basically will be the same. Now that's if you take the easy way out. The problem is, is that uh, if you take the try the explanation way, then it doesn't make sense. Because as Ibn Rajab, what's, what's he going to say? He says that in these three, there is a direct link to shaitan. And we know that, of course, from many uh, authentic hadith. 
the black dog is an actual shaitan. Yes? This is Ibn Rajab's explanation. I think it's weak for the donkey. He goes, the donkey is um, it's always braying, which shows that there's shaitan always around. Therefore, it's almost like yani, if it's there, then shaitan is there. That's the kind of idea. It's like it's being accompanied by shaitan, which is why it's braying all the time. It's like a sensor. Yep? So it's like warning you to shaitan. Yeah, I don't know. And the woman, we know that shaitan's number one weapon against men is women. And we know that we have hadith that the shaitan becomes happy and uses whenever a woman leaves her home, then shaitan follows. Hadith sahih, right? So whenever a woman goes out, because whenever a woman leaves her, her confined, protected, secretive, whatever, house, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. She's the one thing that men will not be able to control themselves over. It's their biggest fitna. The Prophet ﷺ said that I have not left a bigger trial upon men uh, than women. So it's clear that, as the hadith says, that whenever a woman leaves her house, the shaitan then follows because he sees an opportunity. So it's similar to the donkey. The donkey, when shaitan is close, then it starts going off. Yeah? So it's the presence of shaitan. That's what Ibn Rajab said. Now, there are obvious holes in this theory. The first hole is, if that's the case, if that's the case, then we know that the Prophet ﷺ said that there is a shaitan always attacking us in the prayer. Always. And the Prophet ﷺ has control over his qareen. Okay? Whereas us, when we start yani, losing our focus and you start to think about you know, your work and food and lunch, whatever, whatnot, we go, A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajeem. A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajeem. You know, I seek refuge of Allah yani, from this shaitan. So you're actually seeking protection from that shaitan. Now, it doesn't break the prayer. He's right there. He's on you. Right? This, by the way, is why I follow the position of the majority that there is no breaking of the prayer because shaitan is over you all the time. Yeah, yani, if uh, the, uh, we know that if you've really badly prepared for salah, your salah is going to be a shaitan fest, right? Because you didn't pray, you didn't think, you didn't do anything. Shaitan comes in and completely dominates your thoughts and everything. That's it. Yeah. So why is that not prayer broken? We've said so many times that it doesn't matter if you have the worst prayer ever. We will not let you repeat that prayer. Because once you do that, you've effectively given up and said, right, shaitan is in control of me. And you will never, no one ever prays the perfect prayer. You are always under attack from shaitan. You want to protect yourself every once in a while, you know, with, with, with you know, the right dhikr. So I like this yani, uh, uh, approach. I believe that what is actually broken is the quality of your prayer, the quality of your khushur, your focus. And... I think it's a combination of what Ibn Rajab said. There's no doubt that for a man, a woman is entirely a sexual creature, right? Always causing fitna. A man always views a woman differently. And the idea is, is that when she walks by, her presence, her perfume, her styling, her hair, her ex, her white, whether it's done properly or not, or Islamically or not, we have individual hadith which focus on every aspect of the woman's movement in front of men. So that's her walking, her uh, body movement, the sound her heels make, 
the, even the way that she wears her hijab, right? Even the way that she uh, piles her hair so that it can be seen as in a style where the, the hijab is kind of like, you know, humped as such. The smell, perfume, prohibited entirely for the woman to be wearing perfume outside. So you can see uh, that all the hadith make it very, very clear that the woman is far much of a bigger problem for men than the other way around. That's my argument for if someone was to say to me, if you, if you open this door and try to explain this issue about why is it that the man then, or is it then the man breaks the prayer of the woman? Yeah, and I would say no. And I would say that if it did, then the Prophet would have mentioned it. And maybe the reason for that is, is that women are not so disturbed. Then the answer would be, well, hold on. Everybody gets disturbed by anybody that cuts the prayer. So what is the level of disturbance here? And so this is the problem of trying to give too much reasoning and rationalization. You get what I'm trying to say? I don't think there is a perfect rational answer to this hadith, which is why you give a few explanations, you kind of in, you know, connect it to fitna and level of disturbance, level of desires and temptation, and then you just pull straight out and you say, look, you know what? Allah knows best what the actual reason is. Because as I said, I can sit there and I can think of responses to all of the rational uh, justifications. I can. But the one thing I can't respond to is that Allah has put something unique and specific into these categories that we don't know about. I'm delighted with that as an answer because I completely believe that. There are many things. And I, again, you know, it's my job to also mentor you lot, right? I've been studying a lot longer than you lot, in a lot more depth than you lot, and I have a lot of experience in this as well. I tell you now, every day I realize how ignorant I am. Every day. I read some more stuff, I read some more stuff, I'm having to keep resetting ideas, theories, direction. So if I'm having to do that, then I can tell you that the rest of the world are even more yani doing that. So I'm saying to you that I never write anything off. Never, ever write anything off uh, in terms of reasonings. I'm more than happy to just say, I've got no idea. Tomorrow there'll be a new reason that I think of. Another day, another reason that I think of. It happens to me all the time with hadith in terms of meaning. So I don't think it's a major. I don't think people should lose their minds over the exact yani, whatever. I think that this position is a very good one. It combines all of the possible explanations. It basically says that the hadith is to be taken literally. And we will apply it to all without any, any uh, uh, exceptions. And every hadith to the contrary is now explained. Aisha's reticence is explained. The other scholars' positions are explained. And we're basically saying that the prayer is damaged. The prayer is damaged. And women don't need to get upset by this as well. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that if, if one of you knew the sin of crossing your brother in the prayer, he would wait 40. And the most authentic version of the 40 is 40 seasons. Yeah, so that's 40 years. So even a man crossing a man should never ever dream of doing it. And a man who stops the other man goes to the extent of fighting him, which is haram anyway, let alone in the prayer. Yeah, so what's the problem of saying that a woman yani, is also devastating your prayer and a donkey is devastating your prayer? And, uh, because we know that actually everybody is devastating your prayer if they try to cross it, which is why even though we said that the child does not invalidate the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ definitely prevented them from crossing. So it is to do with focus and concentration. And we know when the Prophet ﷺ, when the goat came in, then he went forward to allow it to go behind. So there is this understanding.
uh, that we shouldn't be disturbed. And that's the yani, in my opinion, and Allah knows best. So let's mop up the yani, with follow-up questions. Yeah, it's a ta'abudi matter. Yeah, a ta'abudi matter basically means that this is an act of worship to uh, take it as an act of worship. It's a, it's a, yeah, and what that means is that it's an act of worship which we cannot possibly understand the reasoning behind, like the five times of the prayer, and uh, why only one month of fasting, and why yeah, only 2.5%, not 3%. These are ta'abudi matters. They are, dis- they are established by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's it. Down to the bottom, I'll go some questions from the bottom. Right. Uh, is the prayer valid if a prior one is forgot? This is completely off the topic, but it's okay, we'll do it. The prayer valid, is the prayer valid if a prior one, Maghrib, is forgotten and only remembered after a prayer in congregation? Should both be made up or just the prior one? If joining the intention of, prayer, of the prior with the congregation, i.e. Miss Maghrib with congregational Isha, does the prayer still count as Maghrib? Uh, Abdullah, there are many opinions to this particular question. Okay, My personal opinion is that you are not allowed to pray the prayer out of order. So if you finished the Isha prayer in Jama'ah, and you realize that you had not prayed Maghrib, then you have to go now pray Maghrib and Isha by yourself. This is my opinion. My also opinion to your second part is that are you allowed to pray the Maghrib with someone who's praying Isha? My answer is no, that that should be avoided. If you want to pray, then you pray a Nafal prayer, then you've got to pray the Maghrib and Isha separately. So that's my position. But there are so many different positions on this. There we go. Lutsiani is in my, my camp. Summum Bukmun. Yeah, I was told the dog sees a ring of fire around you and so doesn't approach. Maybe when you attack the dogs or barbecue an offer. Look at that. <laughs> this is exactly what Ibrahim said. They saw an opportunity, basically. Because this is asal mal, this is. This is not yani, some tinkuli or leg. Some lean meat there, Abitab. Okay? It's good muscle. Yep. Um, the guide dog is specifically trained to remain at the side of the person and they are incredibly disciplined. And that's why I also understood as well. If the camels are of devilish nature, if the camels are of devilish nature, why were the used? Why were they used? Why were they used as a very common means to travel in the times of Prophet Muhammad Then why not a horse? So praying in a place where the camels are resting is also invalidation of the salah. So that's a proof, actually. That's one of the reasons why you're not allowed to pray in the camel pen. Okay, it's not like the sheep pen because it is an area of shayateen. Yes, the camels are very useful for us. We use them, but it was not yani, done in deference to a horse. The horse is seen as far more yani, honorable than a camel, but the camel itself has sometimes value because of its milk, right? And horse milk yani, is not on. You know what I'm saying? So it's not because why were they used? They were used because they are the animals of the desert. They get you through the desert. It's like, what is something that we hate to use but we use? Apple. I hate using my apple. I hate apple. But we've got to use it. Because Android is rubbish. Oh my God. I tell you something right now. I hate apple so much. I cannot believe that Android is worse. That's why I have to use apple. On the, on the P30 you mean? S20. New, new Samsung. No. <laughs> that kind of stuff is not about us people Allah. so 
How can I advise a revert that lives with a brother who has dogs? I told her to pray uh, in her room, but as far as the harder issue, what can be advised? They just have to just try their very best. Uh, I don't believe that uh, the touch of a dog breaks the wudu. It's only the saliva itself, and the saliva, I don't believe it breaks the wudu either. It makes the place dirty. So they've got to avoid the place where the dog salivates, and if it salivates onto your skin, then you need to wash it off. You don't need to make wudu. So that's the best advice you can give, just to be practical. When we say crossing, does that mean between you and the sutra? Yeah. Beyond the sutra, it doesn't apply, okay? Because the sutra, as long as it is decent enough, the size of a saddle, it completely allows people to continue to do anything. Yeah? Um, yeah. Correct. And if you don't have a sutra, then it is that, you know, one and a me one meter, one and a half meter, that foot basically past your sajda, that is your area. And so even if you don't have a sutra, as long as you know for fact that they are clearly ahead of you, then it does not affect your, your prayer zone. But it is a sunnah to take something, to have a focus point. So we had that big discussion last week. Is the, the, the prayer line acceptable? Ibn Uthameen said, no, it's not. Right? I think it's fine. But there's no doubt the hadith here says to draw the line if you can't find something. So it, there's an effort involved. Like I said last week, when you draw the line, you know, they say draw the line, don't they? That's an English statement. I'm, I, you know, I've got to draw the line somewhere. They don't say, oh, I've got to paint the line somewhere. Or I've got to use the line somewhere. I've got to draw the line. It shows intent, bad enough. This is, yani. and so I think that's, that's the danger of getting too clever with the hadith. I know what it means. I know what it means. No, I don't think we do. Sometimes the wording and the literal yani, meaning of the hadith has the illa in it, has the explanation within it. Can the, uh, Ibn Abbas and the donkey, can the same principle be used for a black dog? Yes, Harith. A good, a very, uh, the black dog is shaitan itself, Naveed. It's a form of shaitan, not attract the shayateen. And uh, what Harith is asking is, um, can a person, can a black dog go between a jama'ah and the prayer is valid? Well, actually, I've just said that the black dog can go through an individual and their prayer is still valid. So I do believe that it's still valid, but it will obviously disturb people. But does it yani, invalidate or whatever? Which leads to another point I need to make. Um, what happens if you try to stop it and it went past? Does it decrease your khushu' or is this an issue of sin? Answer, there is no issue of sin. And does it, allow, does it break your khushu'? That depends upon how focused you are. You've got to try to stop the woman, the donkey and the black dog regardless. Yep. And, if, and, and that goes with a man as well That's why I'm saying people shouldn't focus too much on the gender Because you've got to stop a man far more violently And he, already we know that right? So that's almost like he's more deadly You know what I'm trying to say And certainly the level of sin that he picks up is insane Right So yeah What's the big difference between sitting and passing This question I like For a mu'min right? Especially if it's a woman If the woman is the sexual fitna that she is then her being in front of you and her walking past, there's no mega difference there. And I don't have an answer to that. The only answer is the fact that obviously it's not as much a fitna. Who knows? Maybe if she's not yani, there, maybe if she's just sitting there, you're used to it, whatever, whatnot. But I remind you, I remind you that the sunnah, if you are leading your wife in the salah, is not like people believe side to side. The wife stands behind the husband in a prayer or if you're praying with your mother or you're praying with one uh, you know a mahram woman is behind right so you know and there is no relationship like that between you and your mother so why would you not pray together you get what i'm saying 
So it's, there's other things going on. It's more than just fitna and attraction and whatever. There is some distraction there. There is maybe, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's very difficult. I, I, I've seen all of the attempts at explanations to this, all of them. And you know, some are smart, some are interesting, some are not so. And that's it. Yeah. You mentioned contracts. So your thoughts are forbidding the halal in a nikah contract. Um, my thoughts on forbidding something, or you know, which is something which is allowed in a contract, if they both agree on it, I think it's permissible. I think if it's something that they both agree on, I think it's permissible. And I see that as an exception. And I see that because of the majority of the scholars that allowed yani, for a mahar, a mahar to be uh, cancelled out or for a prenup to be put that I don't want my husband to marry another woman, etc., etc. It's true the majority did not allow that as a contract, but some of the fuqaha did. They saw it as an exception. But that is off the subject. Yeah. Uh, can I advise my employer of a bank to use? Not, can I advise my employer of a bank to use? Not based on interest rates, but based on ease of use. What does that even mean? I don't understand. Can I recommend banks? Is that what is basically being said? Yeah, I think that's allowed. Because when you're recommending a bank, you're obviously by, by, by definition not telling them to take interest or get rid of that. And if they don't know that, then you should say that. And if there are banks which bring, make life easier, then definitely. So for example, Starling Bank is a bank that I always recommend people to use for the main reason there are a number of reasons obviously it's got apps and this and that whatever but the main reason that I recommend it is because I do not allow credit cards I, I hold them completely impermissible not just from an Islamic point of view but also from a just a financial point of view they're a disaster and it changes the way that people plan and think and budget and so on and so forth and their biggest excuse all this time people are using credit cards is that oh, I need a MasterCard and you can't or I need a Visa and you can't Visa Debit came out and it changed the game and, but MasterCard didn't catch up. But now these kind of styling internet-based banks, they use MasterCard debit cards. They're not credit cards. So and you can have some reasonings and justifications to be, to be promoting certain things which are not completely halal. And actually, I gave a lecture on this. Uh, so, well, actually, you heard the original lecture right here. Sheikh Ghalan gave the original statement three, four weeks ago in his tafsir of Surah Al-Rum, Ghulibat Al-Rum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on that day when the Romans take a beat, the Persians, the believers will be very happy. What did Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Tehlan say? Remember what he said? If you remember the point that he made with respect to this, this statement, on that day when the Romans win, the believers will be very happy. What was the istidlal that he made? What was the fa'idah that, that he... The fa'idah that he, he, he uh, brought out from the ayah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually confirmed the happiness of the believers with a kafir imperfect system, beating a bigger kafir imperfect system, which shows that yani, absolute perfection is not something that needs to be achieved for a Muslim to be happy. You get what I'm trying to say? Doesn't it, you know, just because we're happy that the Romans were not happy with their zina or their haram or their eggs, we're happy with the benefits that we're getting compared to the harms. You get what I'm saying? So when I recommend the styling bank, you've got to be careful. You know, ironically, I used to really recommend it, and now I've kind of cut down because they've now gone bank, proper bank. So before, they never had an interest overdraft. They never used to give interest, all right? And after they've now become big, 
they've now started to give interest, do overdrafts, and they've now started doing loans. So back in the day, it was really proper, like, uh, you know, it was quite legit. Now it's starting getting into all that bakwas as well. But still, I'd, I'd recommend it, because it's much better than the rest. You know what I'm saying? Um, an example of forbidding is that a woman may have the conditions to be free of marriage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I think, he, yeah, he knows, yeah. Do mice or rats have any link to shayateen? As far as I can remember, I can't remember a hadith that says that. But Allah knows best. My memory is going worse every day, so I don't know. Uh, so you're saying we don't have a single narration anywhere that shows that there was a prayer broken and restarted as a result of any of these three crossing in front of someone praying. I want to say, Mesa, that there is no hadith of the Prophet ﷺ restarting. Correct. That is correct. The companions, by the way, they differed on this issue. Right? So for example, um, there were some that said that the prayer is cut completely and you got to start again. And that was, for example, uh, Anas ibn Malik, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abu Huraira, Abu Dhar, Abu Dhar, the narrator of the hadith, okay, Mu'adh ibn Jabir radiallahu anhum. These lot, yani they said that the prayer is cut. However, the only difference is that Abu Dhar, he had yani, a slight yani, uh, uh, point what was that point? He said that the prayer, the prayer is cut, but the reward is not that it's got to be started again. The others said the prayer is got to be started again. Those that said the prayer is not cut at all by these three categories, big people. Uh, Ali radiallahu an, Uthman radiallahu an, Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, and of course Aisha. Aisha was the, obviously the number one rejecter of it, yeah, of this idea. So those were the, the people who... Um, so, there, so, so there, there, there's a, a difference, but from the uh, uh, Mesa, from the Prophet, no. Don't have to no. Yeah. So she's, your, your point is, is that Aisha is removing herself from the list, from the list and not the other uh, two. So what's interesting about what you said is that we have a narration in which Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that it is cut, uh, uh, that it is not cut, okay? Uh, which is why Aisha is put amongst those people that said that it cuts all of them, yeah? Other than the uh, woman. However, it's Sanad, it's chain, is actually the weakest out of all of the companions to have this qawl yani attributed to her, ironically. So you have a point. Uh, why would the Hanabla have taken a different meaning of cut? Was there ever a discussion within the madhab about the semantics of yaqta? Of course. There are a number of Hanabila that believe, um, that believe that the prayer is not to be started again. Okay, that the prayer is not to be started again. And Sumaira just mentioning uh, from uh, Surah Ali Imran, Zuyina linnasi hubbu shahawati minan nisa. Yeah, and it has been made incredibly alluring and beautified, the love of women for men. Yep, it's their number one fitna. Donkeys are not braying all the time. That's why I, I, you know, that's the problem of making it too linked to shaitan. I agree with Solange there. Yeah. Even if she makes a du'a, I don't know what is going on. 
rationalizing as Ibn Rajab does doesn't really make sense. I don't know why it doesn't make sense, but it just leaves too many questions. As I said myself, there's shaitan all over the place. Shaitan is flowing through man like blood. Uh, I guess maybe the argument by Ibn Rajab is that there's a more tangible shaitan presence than the metaphorical, not the, the intangible. Because the flowing through blood and the one that we can't see is like the intangible, whereas yani, the shaitan is actually a black dog. The donkey is physically braying when it physically sees shaitan, like proper. And we know the hadith around the woman is that the shaitan comes straight out as soon as she comes out. As soon as she comes out. And this hadith is, implement, is implying that this is in public. Although that doesn't mean that it doesn't apply in private, but it's implying it's in public. Allah Allah. Uh, if we're assuming that the woman being a distraction for men is a reason, then it will be specific to the man's prayer. No? Yeah, correct. And it isn't specific to the man's prayer. It breaks the prayer of both according to those who believe it breaks the prayer. Yes, I said that that is a problem. Yeah. What happens if a person does shalisan before taslim when they should have done it after taslim? Also, the Arabian plans teach in Canada this year. So, uh, first of all, salam, there is no problem if you do shalisan before or after. That's fine. Both are acceptable. And inshallah, yes, I plan to be teaching in Toronto. Inshallah, don't tell anyone that, yani, obviously. But yani, inshallah, in September, I plan to be. Um, and Calgary as well, inshallah. Uh, the logic would not apply to the woman then. That's the problem when you use logic. And this deen is not about logic, as we spent discussing in the first couple of years, the statement of Ali and how that's to be understood. Uh, a woman is entirely a sexual creature as a, as, a as a rationalization here doesn't flow. Yeah, I think I've already asked that. I've already uh, mentioned that about mums and stuff. Uh, the logic would be, uh, I agree. If there's no problem when the donkey or black dog are stationary, but there's a problem if they walk by in front of the praying person, the problem cannot be their presence, can it? You see, this is the problem. You try to rationalize, you're going to get yourself into a problem. Yeah? Yep, as a counter to Aisha, i.e. the reticence, is, is she protested due to implied sifat. Why, why would she say then the Prophet would pray whilst I was lying in front of him? Don't get that. Why would she say that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand that. All women do, Harris. There's no evidence that it's got to be some particular type. Uh... Does qata refer to the prayer? Yes, there are other narrations, but they are to do with the cutting of the prayer as opposed to things which cut the prayer, as far as I know. Um, it's no fun, but we've got to get somewhere, so we take the bus if we don't have a car. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. Camels are useful, blah, blah, blah. All right, all right, come on, come on, come on. What is the evidence for the fact that it does not invalidate the prayer besides in linguistic explanation? Because with the hadith that the man would wait for 40, there's no implication. Yeah, actually what you said there, there is no implication of the cutting. The sin is all upon the guy who cuts, not the, 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 the thingy. Lion's mane mushroom powder. I say, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Everybody's now gone. Oh, she's talking about my decline in brain function. Yeah, okay, I'll try lion's mane. I'll just take it off my back because it's natural then. <laughs> yes, bro. All right. Asya is asking, all right, it's done. Khalas, we killed that one, yeah? Anything we need to say? Any uh, announcements? Yes. You said that there's nothing specific about a black dog with hunting and things. Yeah. Do you avoid having a black dog as a guard dog, like an Alsatian or something like that? Well, I, you, you know me? Good question, because you're going to choose a dog, so you're not choosing a black dog. Yeah, I said that, because that's what uh, Thingy asked oh, in the beginning. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you see, this is interesting, yeah? Think about it. You're asking the question because you're not going to buy a golden dog. But you're not going to get a yellow Alsatian or whatever. So the point is, is that you recognize that getting a black dog is adding to its, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so when you go for the Labrador or, uh, not Labrador, uh, uh, Doberman, yeah? It needs to be mostly black, black, the Alsatian, we can't have it all fluffy and it brown, it's got to have black, yeah? So there is something about black which has got some fear. That's why some of the scholars said that, that the black dog scares you, the donkey is super irritating, and the woman is a fitna. Three different kind of reasons. The dog is scary. Problem with that is that a snake is ten times more scary than a dog. Well, for me anyway. I see a dog, I'm not that fussed. You feel like you can kick a, snake, a dog. And I've kicked a, a lot of dogs in my time. Even that one that bit me, I didn't get... But if I see a snake, there's not a chance I'm kicking a snake because I know it's going to do that move and grab my thing and I'm dead. <laughs> I've already, and I've gone through the motions. I've seen it. I went through, I done the whole mechanics, did the whole mind map thing. And I realized mind castle, mind temple. <laughs> and what happened with that? That's a guaranteed way of getting rid of a Muslim crowd, man. Just stick the dog in and khalas, man. It's done. A tan Doberman. Yeah, I'm going to take that as a pet, man. I'm not going to use that to do anything. A tan Doberman. It's going to be a mazada, that is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. You're allowed to pat a dog, touch a dog, it touch you. Uh, I, I think it's fine. I think the problem is in its saliva. The scholars differed over this. There are hardly anyone, by the way, from the scholars ever said a dry dog is najas. Some of them said if the dog is wet, then it transfers its najasa. But the majority focus on its saliva. And that's my position, that it's, that it's restricted to the saliva of the dog. There are some scholars that said even more, it's not even the saliva, it's got to be a lick. And so on and so forth. It keeps going and keeps developing. So Allah knows best. Alright guys, Zakmul Khair, Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, Shadwa la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alright.